Um, there's not too many questions. If you have any questions, please feel free to shoot them at me. Um, if you guys are down, thank you for the handful of you with their cameras on. Those who are willing to put their cams on, please, would be so much um, less awkward. Hey, Monica. Hey, Marie. Hey, Farah. Um, it would be greatly appreciated. You don't have to. It's just convenient. Um, let me go to the top. Uh, if you're being yourself in your relationship or in friendships and you're not sinning, but you know something you do that is part of yourself annoys that person and you know it annoys that person, what should you do? Um, for example, continue doing it because it's not wrong um, or change yourself so that you don't upset them um, or the other. So actually, if what you're doing you know is a cause of offense to others um, and you do it anyway, in many cases that is a sin, right? In the sense that, for example, let's say I chew my gum really loudly and I know that it drives my dad crazy. Um, true story. Um, if I know that <laughs> and I'm just sitting there chomping next to him like, what's your problem? I mean, chewing the gum is definitely not sinful. Um, and, and so I haven't sinned in chewing my gum. But in knowing that I'm really peeving my dad, um, then, then, I, then I, I, should, um, I should change my behavior. But there are some personality traits that are out of our control. Right. So, for example, um, let's say I'm not easily worked up. I'm not angry easily. Um, and and I'm talking to somebody who's going through a crisis and they want me to be really like, um, no, I can't believe it or whatever. And, and it's just not you. You're more just kind of like, OK, I hope it works out. And they're like, no, you need to do this. Well, like, no, you can't you can't pretend to be that that person. Right. So I would just say to them, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm not able to do what you're looking for. I just hope you don't misunderstand that it's not a it's not a lack of concern um, that's making me like this. It's just this is how I react. I hope that it's not misinterpreted. So it's finding a balance um, within within those two. I really, to be honest, though, I have found in most circumstances that I think people are just afraid to say things. Everyone's afraid of, of healthy confrontation. But like, in most cases I've seen, when somebody says something kindly, like, hey, I really didn't mean this, like, it's usually received um, really well um, in my experience, right? Like it hasn't been usually like, well, now you, well, you should. And it's like, well, okay. Right, like, like I haven't seen that happen so far in my experience. Um, do you think God's personality is universally reflected or does his personality manifest differently for everyone? I would say that God's personality is consistent because God himself doesn't change. However, I do think that we interact more with God based on our personality. Right. So, for example, actually, here's a, I think here's a good example. Siblings. Siblings are so used to dealing with each other in a certain context. Right. And so you get so used to each other with who you are, who they are, that sometimes somebody will be like, wow, your your sister or your brother is amazing. Like they did this and this and this and this and this. And you're like, my sibling did that? Right? Because it, it's not how you're used to interacting with them. But that person was always that. It's just that you were only dealing with them from a certain vantage point. Right? So I, the same thing I think happens a lot with God. And that's not necessarily a problem or wrong. Um, and so where you're gifted, where your gifts are, like we spoke about um, on Monday and also on a previous talk is more likely where you're going to, you're going to interact more with God. I hope that answers. Um, how do we approach those moments 
where we're having an identity crisis or trying to find who we are. I think the minute you can sense disunity within yourself, then you know you're actually trying to be someone else. Because a person who's being themselves will not be in conflict. The only conflict they'll ever have is going to be with sin. But if the conflict is not with sin, right? So I'll, I'll and I might be misunderstanding the question. I'll give an example. Um, in um, the more, like, as, as somebody who is a, a monastic, like as an adjective, okay? Um, I would sometimes struggle with, but I'm in the mood to chill with people. Am I wrong? Am I bad? Does it mean I'm not a monastic, right? What does that mean? And so I find myself in this weird struggle of, I want to hit someone up to chill. And then I'm restraining myself because I don't want to not do, I don't want to do that because I should not, I'm supposed to be monastic. Right. And so the reality is I have a social side to me. Right. And that's something let's come back to like, who am I versus what is the label that I'm trying to be? Right. If I'm trying to be labeled monastic, then let's make sure I even have a right definition of monastic because does being monastic mean you never socialize? No, it doesn't. Okay. But I should also ask, well, if I'm not, if that's what monastic means, maybe I'm not monastic. Is that a sin? The answer is no. So then the next question is, is it a sin for me to socialize? No, it's not. So then what am I struggling with? And then I'll, then it'll be like, oh, maybe it's an image thing. Maybe I'm just worried about my image. Maybe it's, I think I'm supposed to be this. Maybe it's, I think this is a sin, but it's not really a sin. Um, it can be so many things. Um, so like, that's kind of how I would mentally um, go through that, that warfare. Um, because then I, then I can find out, is this really an identity crisis? Or is it that I'm actually trying to be real um, and, not just, and I'm just not accepting me? And I think that might be the actual struggle. Sometimes we don't accept ourselves. And I don't mean that in a cliche way. Um, we want to be someone that we're not. Um, and that's, that's not healthy. Um, how do you know if you've actually had an experience with God and it's not just something you fabricated? That's a great question. Um, by spending more time with God, by getting to know God, right? Our Lord says, my sheep hear me, they know my voice. They know it, right? And it's because a person who lives that gospel, a person who lives the way what we're discussing about, directed at God, they'll know. They'll know, right? Obviously, there's spiritual guidance, etc. But I'm saying, but you yourself will know. This is actually the promise of the New Testament, my, where, he, where it said, I will, I will dwell within you. I will speak to you and you will know that it is I and you will not need anyone to tell you, behold the Lord. Right? And so it's, it, 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 it is a matter of knowing God. Right? And so we need spiritual guides to help us get to know. But I'm saying you yourself, you will know. Once you know their characteristics, you will, you will know. I know that doesn't sound like a, a, a decent answer, but it, it, is, it is real. Um, by the way, anyone who's asked the questions, if I'm not getting the right sense of the question or answering satisfactorily, feel free to follow up. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be offended. Um, how do we receive feedback from God and how he thinks our relationship is going? Is he happy with us or is he upset with us? First of all, God has never upset anybody trying to be in a relationship with him, right? Like God's never going to be like, I don't like this relationship. Sorry. God is actually the one who initiated the relationship. 
he started it. He wants the relationship, right? So really any relationship is us responding to God. It's not us bringing God into it. God's already in it. It's us actually getting into it. So um, when we start living with God as God and us as us in that dialogue, in that relationship, you will start to see God's reactions, God's responses in your own life. And I'm being vague because it's going to be reflected in your personality differently than it will be with mine. Because God is dealing with us individually. He deals with us corporately and he also deals with us individually. And so just like with Moses, like, like those examples we gave, he knew how to indicate to Moses, I'm not happy. And it wasn't, I'm not happy because I told you to do this and you didn't listen to me. No, 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 no. Right? There's something deeper going on between him and Moses. Right? It's like, Moses, like, you know how much I trust you. Right? Like, I really trust you. Um, I even told you I'm going to make you like a covenant out of you and not the rest. Right? But in the moment of trust, you didn't believe me. That hurts. Right? So it, he will speak. You will receive feedback in your language so long as you are in relationship. Um, and the relationship is generally, like, sorry, the feedback is generally positive. The feedback is not positive when we're actively choosing against the relationship through sin right? Because God's not going to be happy, right? It's like a parent isn't going to be giving you positive feedback when you're abusing yourself because they're worried for you, not because they hate you. So it'll feel like negative feedback, but it's not actually negative feedback, right? They're not saying to you, you filthy kid, I hope not, right? But they're saying, stop, 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 you're, you're going to get hurt. Um, but we might perceive that negatively. Um, how do I discover what my personality is to use that in my relationship with Christ? By being yourself. Right? That's what I mean is like actually be yourself. If you're a jokester, be a jokester. Right? There's a really famous story that I really like of one of the Desert Fathers that was a juggler and a clown. And some event happened that made him um, become a monk. And then he goes to the monastery and he's seeing all these people who pray all night and read the Bible and they know all this stuff. And he's like, um, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. And I suck at it and I don't have any Psalms memorized. So he goes into his cell and he starts juggling. <laughs> and he goes, God, this is all I know how to do. Will you accept my juggling? And it says it was counted for him as righteousness right? That was his gift. That was his talent, right? So if you are a jokester, become, don't joke inappropriately, right? That would be sinning. But maybe you're the one who's going to lighten the mood when everybody's tense, right? If you're the good listener, you might not be the one who's able to offer the amazing advice, but in the name of God, right? As part of relationship with God, be like, Lord, let me do your work with you. In our relationship, we're working together. Um, I'll be, let me be at the feet of everybody just to listen because no one listens to anybody anymore, right? If you're the artist, be the artist. If you're the good speaker, be the good speaker. Just do it all to and for um, the Lord. Where is it? Where's your gifts? Find out where you're joyous. Find out where you do well. Find out what you like to do when you have the choice of doing it. Ask your friends, ask your family, what am I good at? Um, and they might be able to help you know your gift um uh how can we get rid of the feeling of guilt it's hard for me to pray when i have so much guilt yeah and this is what i mean about remembering that there's two people in this relationship um i'll get personal here um everyone who knows me knows that i'm really bad at, at texting and, and writing and all that kind of stuff. I believe it or not, at one point in my life, I was amazing. Now I suck. Okay. So, um, when I would get into my flare ups of disease, I would have totally zero energy. I don't want to see human beings. 
I don't, I, I, I can't, right? Um, I'm not getting into all the, the symptoms, but the point is I go into this zone and I'm just locked up and I can't do it, people. I start to feel guilty. That's why I'm, I'm using this as an example. Because I won't be messaging people, I won't be replying to people, um, I won't be keeping up with people. Then what would happen is because I feel guilty, I would delay speaking longer and longer and longer. Because I'm like, I don't really know what to say. Like, I don't know what to do. I know they're upset. Um, I can say sorry. I'm not, it's not a problem saying sorry. I just feel badly. But then I also don't know, like, it's going to happen again. So then I feel like it just gets postponed more and more and more and more. Why am I using this example? Because people would come angrily at me and say, how come you haven't this? How come you haven't that? And then I would eventually tell them and they're like, why wouldn't you just tell me that? Why, why do you keep that to yourself? Now I'm more upset because you didn't even trust me enough to tell me that. And then at the same time, we're not talking. How are we in a relationship if you just keep it to yourself and you act like that? And so I'm saying, if you stop talking to someone just because of your guilt, you are actually treating the relationship as though there's not this other person. You're treating the relationship like it's just you. That's not a relationship anymore. That's a dialogue. So I would say the best way is to recognize you're dealing with the living, real, existent God. And that if you think you can't stand for God because of your guilt, what does that suggest about God? And that on top of it, who can fix you? It's not you, it is God. So on all levels, it's never the right solution to avoid. I get that we do it. But I'm saying counter yourself with rationality. Um, hey friend. Um, how does this apply to the aspect of something like temperament, which can be sinful, yet can be so deeply entrenched in personality. Um, again, is to ask whether I have a control over a thing and whether it's intrinsically sinful. So for example, if I know that my temperament is going to be an issue to people in a particular situation, then it might be wise for me not to be in that situation so as not to offend my brother or my sister, right? If I know that I'm going to laugh at funerals, for example, that it's my nervousness that makes me do that, okay, that's, that's a real thing, okay, then maybe I shouldn't be at Constellations, at Hazas right? Maybe if I'm going to the funeral, maybe it's better for me to sit at the back um, and make a quick exit, right? And then if my friend or whoever is saying, why weren't you there? Or just saying, I really want to be there. Um, the issue, that's what I'm saying, when you explain yourself, a lot of people find peace. You're saying, I wanted to be there. The issue is that I have this weird quirk that um, I don't know how to fix. If I, if I can learn how to fix, great. When I get nervous, I laugh. And I was worried that it was going to look very inappropriate. It was going to look like I'm laughing at, at people's grief and I didn't want to do that. So it's about finding out what's in your control, what's not in your control, um, what's an offense, what's not an offense, um, and going from there. Um, uh, or Okay, here's an example from, from the person. Sorry, I didn't see it. What if I'm an introvert and work with people? Right, so an introvert doesn't mean antisocial. And that's a, that's a good example, actually. Right? So an introvert isn't, isn't antisocial. It's just that an introvert, um, social interaction drains them rather than charges them. Okay? Um, and also, there might be some level of anxiety. So I can be an introvert. I just, um, I shouldn't be rude. Right? So for example, m many people would not guess this about me. I'm very much an introvert, 
I will charge up during the day and I'll let out my energy when I see people and then I need to step back. And I know that if I've spent one day too many with people, I go psychotic, right? And so I have to manage my time appropriately to make sure of that so I don't offend people by being moody, angry, rude. When I see them, those are, those are sinful behaviors, right? And then if somebody starts wanting more of my time than I can give, then the gospel says that I should give more than what's comfortable. I can do my best. But I can also say um, I'm simply not able to do all of this, right? That the person also doesn't have a full control over my being. Then it's not a healthy relationship if the person is trying to possess me or to own me, right? That's not fair either. In the same way that I don't expect... Um, the extrovert to always enjoy being in my company. That's okay, right? So it's, it's a balancing act of just not sinning. Whatever is objectively sinful, we don't do. If there's something that I can do to fix a situation, great, then I should do it. Um, but I don't have to, as an introvert, pretend to be social. I'll go crazy. I'll start sinning more. Um, when we feel like our relationship with God is becoming routine or dry, what are things we can do to get back into a real personal relationship? So these are things to go over with your spiritual father. I don't mean to be evasive, but to have a discussion about what are the ways of prayer and what are the ways that I um, interact with God so that you can be trained in everything, but at the same time, find the freedom um, of doing things with God. For example, some people that are really good with their hands. Well, that's, that's an offering of prayer. Maybe you're going to be like sculpting and that's a big thing for you and you're, you're excited about it. Some people will write songs. Some people will walk, go for a nature walk, and that's their thing. For some people, it's, it's going at the stars. Maybe for some, this is going to sound so cheesy, but why not? What if, what if putting on a pair of virtual reality glasses so that it looks like, so that you are seeing the constellations um, lets you get into dialogue? Cool. It's not wrong right? So there are formal aspects of prayer, and then there are other ways of expressing your whole being. Um, and so that's why it's important um, to get that instruction about how can I do it. I would just also say that normal relationships are sometimes routine and dry. Like most of us don't expect with our friends, our families, or our spouses that there needs to be some kind of special action going on every day. That's not normal, right? Like, the, the, actually, events are usually the abnormal, whereas the normal is just normal living. So also make sure that you're not um, trying to have an artificial relationship with God, but that you want to have a natural one. Um, how do you shift from looking at God like an ideology or a concept to being in a real relational person? And that's why I'm saying approach everything with the question of who are you god not what are you who are you look for the who are you god in everything your bible reading your prayer your chilling your walking your singing your 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 jamming your walking your bawling everything who are you god that was the question that moses asked god who are you? Right? When, when Abraham was up with God, God addressed himself. Ask God, who are you? And you will, if you live with that question, your being will naturally change. That's the answer to your question, in my view. That's how the shift will happen, by asking the right question. Um, are some personalities better slash more holy than others? For example, someone who's so quiet and introverted or someone who's like, no. They're extroverted saints and introverted saints, right? There's a famous story that brings into your question exactly um, about St. Arsenius and St. Moses the Black, right? St. Arsenius was, no offense, St. Arsenius, um, a snob. Um, but he was allegedly silent. And I say allegedly because... There are so many writings of Arsenius that it seems like he had a lot to say. Um, but Arsenius overall 
was almost always not speaking. He was almost always by himself. He hated visitors. He told off the Pope. Um, he was like, no, you don't get to come see me. If I open for you, I open for everyone else. So he wouldn't let the Pope see him. Um, some lady um, traveled like hundreds of kilometers, um, if not more, um, to go see St. Arsenius, who's a hermit. And she had stopped in Alexandria first to see the, the same Pope that um, Arsenius told don't come. Um, that just hadn't happened yet. He goes, yeah, 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 go see Arsenius. And she, he goes and knocks on, she goes and knocks on the door. And she was like, I beg you, I've traveled all the way from here. Please let me see you. And he's like, nope. Um, and then she was like, pray for me. And he goes, I pray to God that you forget the day that you came to see Arsenius. And to some people, he was the pinnacle of holiness. In the same time, same time, literally, you had our uh, St. Moses, who's lighting fires with visitors, telling stories, having barbecues, joking around and pulling pranks. And so one monk came and said, which of these is right? <laughs> like, they're not the same. So which of these is more holy? Which of these is right? And that monk had a vision, he had a, a dream where he saw two different boats both were sailing towards paradise. One had Arsenius in it smiling, one had Moses in it smiling, and he understood the message was, these are two different ways, but there's not one way that's better than the other. Anyone who's not sinning is doing the right thing. Everyone is holy, everyone is in the image and likeness of God. They're all valid ways. Um, uh, why does the church wait 50 years to canonize a saint? Um, we don't actually technically have the, that rule, even though we follow that rule. Um, but I think it's a good rule. Um, because sometimes the cult of personality makes somebody seem like a saint. And that when we wait long enough, it gives us enough time to, for things to be exposed. Right? Was the person a fraud the whole time? Um, was there some like scandal that we didn't know about um, that might cause a monumental problem if people were to find out? Um, and so it's, it's a way of just making sure that we don't hastily like send the people into a frenzy of adoration only to find out it was a mistake. Um, and that what we need to realize that what canonization really is is actually not the church like declaring somebody um, going to heaven. Canonization literally means adding them to the canon. That means you're just allowed to say their name in the commemoration of the saints in liturgy as the canon of the saints, saying that we are testifying that we believe that this person really is in heaven because of who they were. And so that the church is saying, yes, we can put this person up officially as an example. As, and so we know that there are many, many, many saints who, will never get, who have never been canonized and will never be canonized, even though they're saints. They just, nobody was talking about them. Um, so it's, it's, not, um, it's not as big of a deal, I think, as we sometimes make it. Um, you said we can incorporate our personality into prayer. Does that mean we should still struggle in traditional things like Igbeya prayer, Bible reading, et cetera, that may not suit our personality? Yes, you should, right? Because um, how are you going to get to know God if you don't know about God, right? Otherwise, you might just be trying to self-worship in the name of relationship. Also because... Um, there are aspects of God's personality that you need to know, even if you don't like them, right? Like, I can't pretend, like, like, like think of a, a friend or a family member or somebody that maybe you find that you love them, but you also know that there's an aspect of their personality that drives you crazy. Um, you don't get to be selective about the person. Um, so I'm not saying that Igbeya should drive you crazy, but what I'm trying to say is that um, 
Bible, for example, Bible is mandatory, like, I, like, like for all Christians, right? Because we, we need to have access to it. But um, what will change over time as we develop our personalities will be the ratios of each, when to use each. You might not always use each. There might be periods of Egbeya and periods of not Egbeya. But that's why you need somebody to train you in prayer so that you can learn when and how to use those things um, because those, those might actually change um, over time. Um, and it's okay that you don't enjoy things the same way, right? In the same way that a married couple are making concessions for one another too, right? Like um, maybe one spouse loves sports, the other doesn't. And the other, other spouse likes like romantic comedies and the other spouse doesn't. Inevitably, the one that doesn't like games will sometimes end up watching the game or at least being affected by the game because the spouse is watching, right? Or, 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 the, or, the, or vice versa. So it's, um, it's, a, it's allowing God to be God. But I think that Agbeya and, and a lot of these, a lot of the issue of people relating to them is not having any idea how to use them and feeling like they're just using a script. And if you feel like you're just using a script, it's not gonna be very pleasant to you. It'll feel very artificial and like you're not being yourself. So get, um, get uh, an appointment with your trainer. Um, what does loving others look like? Like how do we love others in a logical and a true way of ourselves and not like this super mushy mushy kind? So if you're super mushy mushy kind, cool, good. Like, like that and all power to you. Um, but it's about denying ourselves. It's about giving our will to others, right? So um, for example, if you want to like, how can I be myself? Let's say I use this example recently, Malish, I'm going to use it again. Um, I don't really, I don't think I have the gift personally um, of comforting people. Like when somebody's passed away, I don't know what to say. Like I get really, really awkward. Um, and, and same thing when somebody's in a really bad situation, right? So for example, like a, a, a relative and friend of mine has cancer right now um, and it's a bad kind. And so like when I called him, I, 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 first of all, calling was already an act of self-denial because I hate calling, okay? But of being able to say, listen, like I don't, I don't know how to say nice things um, and like the whole like, you know, God is so beautiful and he's going to make this so worth it. You just wait and see. Like, I don't know how to say that um, authentically. Some people do. Like, they really, really do. I don't. I feel weird when I say it because I, I struggle with those things personally still. Right? So I'm just like, hey, I joked around without being a pro. I tried to get a gauge of his mood without trying to impose my personality on him. Is he a mood to joke? Is he a mood for this, right? I'm not really good at many things. I've gotten reasonably decent at cooking, right? So for me, it might not be going over and opening the Bible, um, which maybe that person likes. For me, it might be, let me, let me cook you something, right? Maybe it's going to be buying someone a gift. Maybe it's going to be um, sending them a letter. Maybe it's going to be um, I'll drive your kids to work, right? So I mean, is all of those are different things based on your personality. So it'll, it'll be a matter of what can I do to show that I'm giving? Because the love part is the giving, and then the how part is the personality, I think. How do you know um, if you really have faith? Something, sometimes I might just say something seeming like I have faith, and I, not, and I don't know if I actually do, even if I'm sure of what I said, how can you define true faith? I don't bother defining true faith, okay? Because faith and faithfulness are two different things, okay? Faith is an issue of trust. How do I develop, develop trust? Through knowledge and experience. By knowing some stuff, I can trust it more easily, right? I, like, I can trust that like if I strike a match 
fire is going to come because I know it, right? I know it scientifically, even if like, not just like, actually, I don't think I know it scientifically. Anyway, um, there's things, you know, as a fact. Okay. And then there are things that you've, you've, you've gotten through experience where you're able to like, no, 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 no. I trust them. I know I've been through this with them enough times that I know, I know this now. I didn't before, but I know now that's faith. That's knowledge and experience. Faithfulness is about remaining loyal, remaining steadfast, going through the experiences, regardless of how much trust I feel in those times. Right? So for example, um, marriages, the beginning of marriage and the beginning of monasticism, a lot of people, a lot of people will question the faith part of the beginning, not the faithfulness, but the faith part of maybe this was a mistake. I'm really not digging this person's reaction to me right now. Um, this is really scary to go through. Maybe I should get up and leave, right? I don't know if I trust my partner right now. I don't know if I trust the abbot right now. I don't know if I trust me right now, right? Those are all issues of faith and that's normal. But the faithfulness, the sticking it through is where we get more faith from, right? Because it's like, yeah, I felt like this before, but it really did work out, right? Or I did feel like this, but I remember after we spoke about it, I didn't realize that I was misunderstanding, right? So that process is how you can get it. So I don't care about defining true faith. I just say, grow in faith. Don't worry about quantifying your faith, right? Instead, what you know, you know, like you're saying. What you don't know, don't worry about if you're faithful, because time will give us both the knowledge and the experience um, as we go along. Um, What's the balance between saying the truth and making sure not to be a stumbling block, especially when serving those who are not close to church? One is never compromise the truth, ever. Okay? But that um, you teach the truth in love. So make sure in your situation that you're not trying to deny the truth that you're not trying to hide the truth and that you're not trying, that you're not ashamed of the truth. Because if you're not those, then wisdom might call for you to be silent. Sometimes. Other times you might feel the need to speak. So for example, on a normal level, right? I might know that somebody is hiding something in what they're telling me in the story. I already know. I know they're lying. But I can see when this person is speaking to me that they're lying out of fear because they're petrified of rejection. So is that the right time to say to them the truth, which is, I know you're lying? It might not be the right time. Might not be the right time. In other cases, it might be the right time because so much of this is situational, right? So it's a matter of making sure that your motives are right, that you're not doing something intrinsically wrong. And I know I'm a broken record, get guidance, right? Lay your motives out in front of someone, right? Of saying, I, I think I'm not speaking for this reason, but I wanna be like upfront about it. Maybe it's just that I don't wanna be treated differently. Maybe it's that I just don't, I'm worried that I'm not going to get a promotion. Maybe I'm worried that they're going to ostracize me in the lunchroom and I'm a social person and it's going to really suck if I have no friends at work um, because I said my opinion, right? So sometimes it's good to have your, um, um, your motives challenged. I like uh, that, that post about God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. It kind of applies to personalities since he builds relationships, the whole variety of people. Exactly. Um, he builds on our weaknesses. He works wonders through our weaknesses. Um, as he said, um, in your weakness, my strength, my strength is, is shown. I am, I'm glorified in your weakness. 
Um, what is the meaning uh, commonly said by St. Arsenius and often repeated by Baba Prodlos? Um, love all but keep, but keep distant from everyone. I actually think that was uh, Isaac the Syrian that he was quoting. Um, but um, that is... Um, that is a great way to live, although it's very difficult for many to live. So don't try and be it if it's not you. But the idea is offer yourself to everybody, but don't be super close to anybody, right? Basically be at the feet of others, rejoicing with others, mourning with others, giving them what they need, but you having that safe, safe uh, not safe because you're trying to protect yourself, but but being a solitary within community is really what it means at the end of the day. Uh, is there somewhere we can find a full list of saints canonized in the Coptic Church in English? That's hard. I mean, the Synaxarium the Index might be one of the best places, but there are a lot of people who are forgotten to be added to the Synaxarium. And then there's anybody canonized before Chalcedon in any of the churches is considered a universal saint. So there are tons that we believe in that are not in our synaxarium. So no, I, I don't know. Um, can you ask for the intercessions of people who haven't been canonized as a saint, but everyone knows lived um, a holy life? For example, Tan Samira. Yes. Yeah. Um, the church canonizing is really just um, making it be used in a public formal way. Um, there are people in, in like there's, um, from my church, Uncle Nabi Hanton, um, I ask his, um, I ask his intercessions in my prayers. Um, like I, I have no doubt of where he is, um, or his, or of his holiness. Um, how can we be motivated to read the Bible or pray? By wanting to know about God versus ourselves. If we approach it as I'm going to meet someone, not I'm going, that's the whole point of this talk, not I'm going to do something, um, it will change. Because as we start to grow in him, you're going to be excited because you're seeing it do something too. You're seeing an interaction come from the other being. But you don't see that as much if you do it as an activity. Um, how can we use this quarantine time to grow in the spirit. I sometimes feel too lazy to pray, um, even though I was looking for this time to work on my spiritual life. That's very honest, um, because so many people, I was laughing at um, all of us, myself included, how we're always like, oh, if only I had time, if only I had time. And now so many people have all the time in the world and do absolutely nothing. Um, so it's, it's nice to have that honesty um of of we don't usually put our money where our mouth is um i would say this is the best time and i like i know this nobody likes this to write a schedule because this is probably the most predictable time you're gonna have in a long time because you don't have to randomly run errands. You don't have to randomly be called into work. You don't, like, you're going to be in your house and you have the same overall life most of the time. Write a schedule. And the reason I'm saying write a schedule as an activity is because there's so much that comes from consistency. And if you want to grow in spirit, you need consistency. Build it. This is the best time to build consistency because once you have a regular thing, think about it. If I am friends with somebody, how do I get to say that? I need to regularly spend time with them. If I spend time with somebody once every six months, I might be like, yeah, I know that guy. I might call them friend in a very like superficial colloquial way, but I won't really know them. But when I consistently see somebody, just consistently, regardless of what we do in that time together, inevitably I'm gonna to get to know them better simply by being with them often, simply by being with them regularly. So that would be, that would be my main tip. Um, 
Are you either called to marriage or to monasticism slash consecration? Does God also call some to celibacy as lady? Even if the desire is not for this. No, I would say if you don't have a desire for this, then I highly doubt it's your calling. Like, like right off the bat. Okay, like, so it, like, God's like, oh, I want you to be a celibate. And you're like, oh man, but I hate celibacy. No. Um, then the, the natural way, the natural calling is marriage. The unnatural calling is celibacy. So I personally stand firm that if God wants you to be celibate, he will um, tell you that directly. Um, I will do two more and I'm going to bounce. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a little bit tired. Um, even though there's, are, these are great questions. I don't know if there's a way of saving the chat because there are 30 after this um, unanswered. Okay, there is a way. Okay, that's good because then I can use those after. Um, how do we know what's objectively a sin? To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. How do we not feel guilty when we know there's always going to be more that we can do? So number one, objectively know from um, Scripture. From God's revelation, we know that. So that's our starting point, right? That's why Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, needs to become part of everybody's um, vocab. Okay? And then... We need to be struggling for perfection, but we need to be honest about what we're not able to do yet physically, okay? So your guilt can be alleviated, in my opinion, by obedience. Because if you're somebody who's more prone to guilt, because some people are, don't, don't struggle with the guilt part, but there are those of us who really struggle with the guilt part. So if you're somebody who really, really, really struggles with guilt, I would suggest get a rule, okay? Because then when you're fighting yourself and your thoughts and your emotions, you can dump it on someone else and just say, I was told to do this. Because those who struggle with guilt, the devil won't leave you alone. They're like, aha, but you didn't do this. You could have done this. You could have done this. Oh, you're not so nice, are you? You're not so giving, are you? Oh, but you could have done this, but you didn't. Look how selfish you are. And it'll keep going and going and going and going. So, in cases where you're overly plagued by guilt, go get a rule. And just say, whatever, I'm doing what I was told. I'm doing what I was told. Um, and that will help silence the devil um, with that regard. Um, and then here is the last one. Um, isn't the ability to defend the truth a gift? I feel like there's no way I could talk to someone who doesn't believe or borderline doesn't believe without doing more harm Hold on. Isn't the ability to defend the truth a gift? Uh, is, I feel like there's no way I could talk to someone who doesn't believe a borderline doesn't believe they're doing more harm than good. So for some, does that mean they should always stay silent? Um, that's the whole uh, silent savage. That's the whole point of this. Oh, 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 oh. I get what that is now. My bad. Um, I'm so dumb. Um, not necessarily. So some people have a gift of being able to articulate the faith and what we believe and why we believe um, and things like that. Yes, some people have that gift. But I do think that people need to know why they personally believe. And that they need to recognize that that's not lame. I think that most people assume that the right answer for belief has to be some extravagant, apologetic, like, here's the reason for God. But that's just really what's popular right now. And so it's not a lesser belief for the person who says, I don't know. I don't know any of that academic stuff, but I know. And another person who has it for another reason. And so just as long as you're not afraid to say it for that reason, if they want to attack, let them attack. Right? Where, like, for example, okay, I learned all this stuff when I had my doubt phase. Today, I personally can care less about most of it. But 
I would get really worked up about certain things. And there'd be some tetas and some giddos and some uncles or tantes and people that are just like, all power to you. Like, I'm happy you're finding whatever it is you're looking for. Anna, I don't understand any of that stuff. And I don't care. And those people have converted people, right? Like, just because people would see them and be like, I don't know, but that guy is legit, right? Um, I know somebody in California who, I mean, he speaks English well, but it's not his first language. He has an accent. Um, He's not, like, loud. And, like, every month... He'd be bringing a family or two to church. And I remember, um, someone here knows who it is. And I remember being like, where does this guy get these people? <laughs> like, they're these random full families, sometimes Hispanic, sometimes white, sometimes Egyptian, something like, and, and he's just being himself, right? So um, I think um, as long as each knows why they believe, they will. And that's why like that person would be like, yeah, yeah, go talk to that guy. He knows all the answers to those things. I, I can give you this. These other people can give you this. Um, and that makes it a lot easier. Um, but I will um, end it uh, there. Um, thank you guys so much for your attention span and for putting up with me. Um, and your consistency, because you guys are troopers. Um, please keep me in your prayers. Uh, let's just pray um, uh, our Father before we all bounce. And then Father, let's pray. May Lord make us worthy prayer. Thanksgiving, the intercession of the Holy Spirit, Saint Mary, the Great Saint Anthony, Saint Mina, Saint Pope Cordless. We pray with all Thanksgiving. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespass against us and lead us not temptation, but there is some evil one in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thine is the kingdom, the power and glory for and ever. Amen. Go in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Peace out, homies. Um, if you guys have special requests for topics, um, there's some that you guys put on the survey, so I've been using some of those. Um, but if you didn't, feel free to shoot them my way by email or something. Bye, guys.